This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan, uh, along with our guy, Bucks Superfan, Nathan Marzion. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. And uh, Bucks uh, make the trade that everybody was expecting them to make. They get Jay Crowder at the trade deadline. There were a million other trades at the NBA trade deadline. We'll go over some of those other trades as well, talk about winners, losers at the trade deadline. I'll talk about the Twitter poll question of the week that Nathan Marzian put up on uh, Twitter like he does each and every uh, Thursday when we record this. And, of course, you download and listen on Friday. Uh, So first, uh, let's start and talk here. Uh, Initially, the Crowder trade uh, happens, and Sham Sharania says, five second-round picks. And I just uh, quote tweet and put, ha, 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 hilarious. Uh, So then uh, it comes back in pieces, and neither Woj or – Shams ever got on the same page, really. They were both just putting pieces of this together as it was going on. So George Hill ends up being involved. Abaka ends up being uh, involved in this deal. <clears throat> and Jordan Wara ends up getting involved in this deal. Plus all these crazy second-round picks uh, that get moved as well in a three-team trade that involves the Indiana Pacers uh, and the Brooklyn Nets. So if you take players and picks and treat picks like players, because eventually, regardless of who uses this draft pick, it's going to be a player at some point. Essentially, uh, you gave up eight players for one who you're going to essentially use for the rest of the season. And then more than likely he is done in Milwaukee. I think that's how we're all looking at this. I don't think uh, as of right now, anybody's signing Jay Crowder to an extension in Milwaukee. Could be wrong. Maybe they will. I can't see it happening though. Uh, Nathan Marzian, uh, your thoughts uh, when you saw this trade come down and uh, now that it's uh, been able to set in a little bit, uh, if anything has changed? No, nothing really. I mean, it's it's what we expected, honestly. It might just be a few extra seconds that we didn't, you know, we didn't know they'd give up that many second-round picks, but, I mean, it, who really cares at that point? It's a couple extra seconds. If you're not willing to throw in a few extra seconds to go get a guy that, you know, basically fills our biggest need, all right, then I disagree with you. I mean, I'm completely fine with this trade. I'm very happy with it. And um, yeah, I mean, again, it, like one of my friends was kind of all into the trade, like the like I going into the day, it was like, okay, you know, I'd be fine getting Crowder for that deal and blah, blah, blah. And then it happens and he kind of, I, I think part of it is the way it happened where like it starts out with five second rounders and you're like, wow, that's a lot. And then they like slowly add in all these players And it makes it feel like it's more than it really is. And I'm like, this is basically the same trade we all were talking about the whole time. It's just a couple extra second round picks. And so, yeah, I mean, again, I I, no complaints. They gave up zero players or picks that are very important to them. You know, really meaningful at all, honestly. Like none of those players are meaningful in those second round picks. Yes, I understand you can use second round picks to make trades later and blah, blah, blah. But if, again, if you if that's the difference between not getting Jay Crowder and getting Jay Crowder is a few extra second round picks, then, you know, compared to what they were going to get, they were probably going to give up three, maybe four to Phoenix. I'm guessing if you have to give up one or two extra, 
I'm going to do that. Like, I, I, I don't care. Okay. Take a few extra seconds. If we're going to, if it means we're going to make this deal and get a guy who, again, fills our biggest need. And so I have no problems with it. I'm very happy with it. And I, I don't really see why anyone shouldn't be happy with it, given that they gave up nothing that is valuable to them. Okay. So let's talk about this. I have lots of different angles on this way different than you. So uh, first things first, who are they bidding against? Who who is the other team driving up the price that it, it took five second round picks and three players? That's we don't my know. Person. We don't know. Right. Probably nobody. Could be would be my guess. My guess would be probably nobody. And they were bidding against themselves and just continuing to, they just continue to up their offer to themselves. Now, maybe they were bidding against somebody that was legitimately offering four second round picks and three basketball players. And that fifth one put them over the top and was able to get it done for the Brooklyn Nets. I highly doubt it. Either way, so we don't know who was all in the bidding for this deal uh, for Jay Crowder. Fine. Secondly, the second round picks in general. This isn't a Bucks thing. This is an NBA thing today because the Bucks weren't the only one just giving out second round picks like they're candy. This was going on all over the place. There was wasn't there five second round picks given up for Gary Payton Jr. or whatever. I mean, there was that's five even... for there, there was five for Sadiq Bay, and then they gave up four for four and a player for Josh Richardson. Right, and then Gary Payton the second. I think they gave up five yeah, second round picks. I didn't, even, I, yeah, I didn't see what that. Yeah, was. that deal went to Golden State, and I'm and he goes back home. That's also been a theme of this deadline. Everybody going back to teams they played worth in the past. But my thing is this: okay, so either a we all don't care about second round picks, then let's just get rid of the second round. Let's just have a one round draft and let's move forward in life. If nobody values these things to begin with, because clearly nobody values these second round picks. I mean, hold these on, second round on. picks are getting floated around. Almost to the same degree as seventh round picks in the NFL, but even seventh round picks, I don't think I've never heard of anybody giving away five years of seventh round draft picks in my entire life or fi- five years of any draft amount of picks in my life uh, in the NFL draft. In the MLB, you've never been able to really trade in the MLB, so you really can't make that comparison there. This NBA thing that we saw this year is something at a whole completely different level. And we can say, well, Sparky, the numbers say odds are it won't work. Well, numbers also say odds are your first round pick probably won't work once you get out of the top three to top five. That That's pretty much what it says. I can give you examples in Bugs history of guys that have worked out. Middleton was a second round pick for the Pistons. Michael Red was a second round pick. Bob Mute was a second round pick. Ursan Ilyasova was a second round pick. Monte Ellis was a second round pick. I can go through a bunch of dudes that were second round picks that worked out. Now, don't get confused by with what I'm saying. I don't care that they gave up five twos and they gave up three players to get Jay Crowder. I could care less. Like that's not me. That's them going in their minds all in to try and win while you have Giannis. Totally fine with it. I'm not bashing John horse. What I am bashing is this concept of second round picks are not valuable. That is what I am bashing. And that is what drives me crazy. And if the league wide notion is they don't matter, then just get rid of them. Then have a one round draft. And then let everybody else sign as unrestricted free agents and you sign whoever you get and you bring them into camp and go that way. If these simply do not matter the way they didn't matter today, then let's just get rid of it. Shorten the time of the draft on draft night and let's move on with our lives. Well, here's the thing. A couple of things. They don't matter to teams that are contending because no, they don't. Why would they matter to those teams? They I aren't going to matter to the Nets either, Nathan, because they're eventually get traded uh, at some point down the line as well. To a team that, like again, these teams that stack second round picks, they got the the uh, Spurs just got four of them, and these other teams I get, you know, uh, the Pistons got five for Sadiq Bay. Those are bad teams. That hey, if we can get five shot, and again, I'm not saying they're going to use all of them, they won't. But 
But if they can use a few of them, that's that's a few shots at guys that, you, again, you have nothing to lose. You're a bad team. You're just like, hey, we'll take any young player that we can take a shot on. We're like, that is a win for us. A contending team, no, they're not going to value those. They don't care about second-round picks, and they shouldn't. And I think they're still valuable to teams that are bad. And also, you know, you, you name off guys that are good in the second round. Obviously, you can find guys that are good in the second round. You can. The percentages is it's so low. And for again, a team that is what are good the percentages? Right now, what are the percentages on the 25th pick in the first round being something? What are the percentages higher than on the, the second round? Higher than the second round. Pick, I bet you I can I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I wish somebody would come up with the numbers. You're, you're good at, at numbers and finding stuff. I would love to know what the percentages are of each pick of the draft of players that have turned out versus players that haven't at each pick as we go through uh, of the draft. I'd, I'd, I'd be very interested in finding that out. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. I th- I've, I've actually seen it somewhere. I don't remember what it is, but I'm just saying. So late first round, is it high? No. Is it higher than second round? Absolutely. Second round, you know, a, a second round pick. Jokic was a second round pick. That doesn't mean, oh, oh there's you another go, one. You can get Jokic in the second round. Like you can go, like you're going to get uh, MVP in the second round. Could you? Absolutely. You could You could get a, a, an MVP off an undrafted free agent. Technically, like you don't know. Right. You're never going to bet on that. You're never going to take those chances. You're never going to be like, oh, we need to hold on to second round picks because it turned out to be, it could turn out to be Nikola Jokic. No, a, a contending team is like, that's not worth it to us. It's most likely going to be someone we don't care about. And so we'll give it to someone who wants to take those shots and whatever they they have different value. for. So you're saying teams. that the teams should be able to do whatever they want with the second round picks, right? Then why yeah. don't you allow the teams to do the same with the first round picks? If somebody wants to trade five first round picks year after year after year after year for a player, then why doesn't the NBA just allow them to do it? Because nobody would do that because people value first round oh. picks because the chance of them turning into something good is way higher than the chance of otherwise the Bucks would have said, Hey, we'll throw in our first round pick for Jay Crowder. They don't want to give up their first round pick in 2029. Of course they would. Somebody would give up three or four once they get the, Kevin Durant if they hold could on, hold on, or hold whatever on. the case may if, be for a star. If, if first round picks weren't valued like you're saying they are, but the NBA doesn't allow you to do it, is my point. I'm, but I'm saying the Bucks could have easily traded. Hey, instead of six first round picks, we'll give or six second round picks, we'll give you our one first round pick in 2029. Right. They don't want to do that because they want to hold on to their first round pick. First round picks are way more valuable than second, and so teams aren't gonna just willy nilly like go and even if they could, they're not gonna go trade three firsts for Jay Crowder or whatever. Like that. I'm again, we're talking star players if you're trading three or four ones. That's what we're trading ones for, right? We're trading three or four ones to get uh, Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving the last time when he was leaving Cleveland. Whatever, they already do that. They already do that. But you you're, you have they to trade within so many get, years. They just traded four to get Kevin Durant. Yes, over how many other – every other year or whatever the case well, may yeah, be. Yeah, because they don't want you to be able to – this is the thing. The NBA does that not because teams don't value them or whatever. They, they do it because they don't want you to be able to – stack up a bunch of firsts right now and then just unload them all like unload your your first round pick for the next six years because they think okay well that's a little bit too far of like going all in right now like that's not that 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 completely huh? unbalances the league so how does it unbalance the league let the because you're taking what they a, want to like, do the rams have traded could, their first round pick for how many years they haven't had a first round pick since like i don't know seven eight years ago if if you were a team right now if you were the thunder you could easily go we're gonna trade however many first round picks they have in the next four years and say, we're going to trade every single one of those picks for, you know, a, a, a star player and stuff or a bunch of star players. And it's like you or even just a regular team that has a first round pick every year and say, we're going to trade, you know, again, 
six consecutive first round picks and completely mortgage our our pick future completely mm-hmm. for one guy. No, you you can wait and do it at at a time, but you can't just do it at one time to load up right now, right here. Like that's not that 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 takes so the away NBA the balance. Is helping to manage stupid front offices. I think it's helping to manage so that a team can't mortgage too much of their future to load up right now but they can do it spread out and that again spreads it out and that makes it fine then have the same rule for the second round picks then if you're gonna have the, the same rule for the ones and then have the same rule for the second round picks second and round say picks aren't the as same val- thing they're, they're just not as valuable based they're on you and that's fine based on logic they're not gonna because they i'm don't sorry but a first round pick from the box is as valuable as a second round pick if you're drafting at the end of the first round you're uh, not you gonna tell me so any different think- you think a twenty a thirtieth pick? We'll, we'll put him dead last. A thirtieth pick is as valuable as a sixtieth. I think a thirtieth pick is as valuable as a fortieth pick. Yes, but then that's you just, a said, round you just pick. said a first and a second round for the Bucks is the same. It, that that would be thirtieth versus sixtieth. I can understand. Fortieth is a second round. What? Fortieth pick is a second yeah, round. But if it was the Bucks first and the Bucks second, those are those are the same. It would be thirtieth versus sixtieth. Right, I understand that, but my point is a second round pick for a bad team at at forty. Versus the Bucks' first round pick at 30, there's not that much difference in talent that's going to go between 30 and 40. A late one or a second, in my mind, is the same value when you're depending on the team that you're talking about. Now, if you're saying it's 30 versus 60, then yes, there's a great deal of talent differential. But you see it in the NBA NFL all the time. People move out of the first round back in the second round because they think the talent is the same over 10 or 15 picks and they move back to acquire more picks. So now you're saying, well, second round picks don't mean anything. You're not going to get anything. Stats are against you. Don't bother wasting your time on it. So we're just going to be able to trade them all. If you are going to dictate that you can trade your ones, then you should have the same rule in place for your twos. I think, personally, the reason that they don't want all of these guys trading ones year after year is they don't want people losing out on watching the drafts in different neighborhoods. I think this has more to do with TV and interest in the draft than this has anything to do with protecting a stupid front office for making a bad decision. This has to do with making sure bigger markets are still watching this draft. Because think about it. If the Knicks traded six ones and New York had no interest in watching the draft, that's a pretty big market not to be watching the draft for six consecutive years if they don't have any first-round picks. I think it has much more to do with TV revenue uh, and the draft and having interest in the draft than it has to do with protecting a dumb front office, if you're saying they're a dumb front office. Now, in my opinion, I'll give up four ones like they did to get Kevin Durant. Like, makes all the sense in the world. If you believe Kevin Durant's going to play for you for five years or whatever the case may be, you go back in time to the NFL. Ricky Williams is coming out of Texas. Ditka traded his whole damn draft. The whole draft. First round, all the way through the seventh round. Whole draft, gave up the whole thing to get Ricky Williams on the Saints. NFL didn't stop in and go, oh, no, you, you can't do that. No, we're not going to allow you to, 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 to make that trade. People always want to go back and talk about uh, what trade was it? The Chris Paul trade where he was supposed to be a Laker or whatever the case may be, and they wouldn't allow it. And they said, nope, you can't do it. Well, that's because the NBA owned and was playing owner of the Hornets at that time. So they had to act as the owner and they didn't feel that trade was good enough. It had nothing to do with the balance of the league or whatever else. They had to play the role of the owner. They weren't allowing another owner not to make a trade. They didn't veto uh, the ownership group in uh, for the Hornets of making a trade with the Lakers. They were playing the role of the owner and in their mind, whoever was making that decision, didn't feel that trade was good enough. But, but again, e- either way. Uh, we're, we're not going anywhere but in circles at this point, going back and forth. My point in all this is I like the Jay Crowder trade. I'm fine with it. I don't like the disrespect towards second-round picks in general throughout the entire day uh, in the NBA. Nathan and I disagree. I have a feeling a majority are with Nathan. 
uh, and against me, which is fine. Let's move on. Uh, Twitter poll question of the week. Nathan Marzia comes up with these uh, Twitter poll questions each and every week. He does a marvelous job with it. Uh, what do you got, Nathan Marzian? Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. So I actually have, I, I'm going to include two of them because I put out another one recently after the buyout guys kind of got oh. mentioned and stuff. So first one is just how, you know, your thoughts on the Jay Crowder trade looking at, it was Hill, Ibaka, Wara, and a bunch of second round picks. Do you absolutely love it? Do you like it, not love it? Do you think they overpaid or do you hate it? 44% absolutely love it. 41% like it, but don't love it. 13% said they overpaid and 2% hate it. I'm sure those are Celtics fans or something. But right. um, yeah, I mean, again, I think it's something that I don't understand how you can at least like it. And I'm glad, you know, 80, 85% basically said they at least like it. Because um, again, I'm just like, you're not giving up anything that hurts your chances or really, you know, hurts even your future that much. Because again, these these second round picks are not anything that the bucks for them. It's not, it doesn't mean anything for them. And so I don't see how you can't like it. It, it definitely is an upgrade. It definitely fills arguably our biggest need. And so at the very least, you know, even if you want to say, Hey, yeah, six, six first or however many they end up giving up or six seconds um, is a little bit too much. And, you know, maybe I don't, I don't love it because of that. Okay, fine. I guess that's fair, but still you should at least be happy with it. You should at least be like, there should be nobody that's, upset with what the Bucks did today. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they have to trade next year. Because you just went through all of your seconds. You don't have very many ones. Your next one is what, 29, I think, was the one that they were talking about trying well, to hold no, no, on no. to. But again, but again, this is the thing why they, so they break them apart so that they can trade. Every other 20, year. They can trade their next, they can't trade this year's, but they can trade next year's or whatever one they have from, they have 20, which ones do they have from Drew Holiday? 25 and, 24 and 6 or 25 and 7? I don't know. Um, but once you you can't trade those picks now, but you can trade them after, like during the draft, if you wanna, if you wanna, Correct. you know, once, once the draft happens, those picks can be traded. Um, so, but I have to say still, the trade deadline next year, though, right? So uh, what then? What happens then? If you've traded five years of seconds, you just go to the next five years in the calendar, twenty thirty to twenty thirty five, and start trading those. I mean, I'm just curious yeah. to see how this is all going to come back eventually, because eventually they're going to have nothing to be able to trade from, I would imagine, based on what they're doing. But it also goes the other way of you're going to end up trading at some point some guys that you can get picks back from. And they're not sure. at that point. They're not at that point now. And, like, they shouldn't be. Again, you shouldn't be trying to get picks when you're in this position right now. Correct. But once you get to a point where, you know, again, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Brooke Lopez or whatever, but if you get to a point where, like, a guy like that, okay, all of a sudden he, you know, he has some value and you don't really want him anymore. You can, you could get picks for him and you could then kind of restart the cycle a little bit. I'm, I don't, I have no idea if it'll be Brooke, but just anyone like that, or, or maybe Bobby down the line right? where you can just say, Hey, we'll, we'll trade you for a bunch of picks and, um, or a good number of picks. And all of a sudden kind of get your, get a little bit of a haul back. Then you can use that to trade for another player. It, it, it changes Think Like, I don't know. People always kind of get stuck with thinking about like what they have right now, but it's like that stuff changes so much. It's the same with like, I play fantasy football, a dynasty league. And so we are always trading picks and players. And it's like, you could have four first round picks and the next week you have, which a week in fantasy isn't, you know, it's, it's not that long, but um, the next week you could have a bunch of players and all of a sudden no picks. Cause you just made a big deal. And it's sure. like, these things, these things change. These things are not, like just because you have a bunch of picks right now doesn't mean you're going to have a bunch of picks four years from now. Just because you have, you know, no picks right now doesn't mean 
in three years, the Bucks can't acquire a few first round picks and a couple second round picks and like have a little bit to work with um, and maybe like dump some of their players. It, everything changes. Everything isn't just how it is right now. It's not going to just stay like that all the time. So um, I don't know. Again, I think that's something people sometimes forget is like, well, they're probably going to at some point, if they really feel like they need to, they're going to be able to go get, trade some of these guys to get picks back. It should be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out because they have a very old roster right now uh, that they're rolling with. Uh, all right, next question. Who won and who lost uh, the NBA trade deadline? Don't forget to download Green and Growing wherever you download your favorite podcast. Subscribe, that way you always get it sent to you. We record Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, it uh, is there for you Wednesday and Friday mornings uh, when you wake up. If you have any comments about the podcast that we do, you can always tweet at Nathan Marzian. Uh, or at Sparky Radio, uh, and feel free to tweet us about any of the episodes uh, that we may do. Uh, okay, Mr. Marzian, uh, in your opinion, who won the NBA? Let's take the Bucks out of this. So who won the NBA trade deadline? Um, I, I mean, I think the obvious answer is the Suns, at least for this year right now. Like, they just completely went from, you know, uh, they're kind of outside contenders looking in to one of, if not the top contender in the league. Um, so you have to, you have to put them up there being able to go get Kevin Durant and still have your, you know, that top four intact now with KD Booker, CP three and Aiden, like, okay, that's, that's awesome. And obviously they had to give up a lot of their depth. They had to give up, you know, several good players and a bunch of picks, but to go make that move and again, kind of revitalize things and say, Hey, we're going to, we're, we're going all in. We're not letting this, you know, just become a good, not great team. We're going to make sure we're up there. Have to give them credit for that. Um, I thought as much as I hate the Lakers, I thought they had a, like the deals they made. I kind of kept looking at them and saying, okay, they, they, they made a good deal there. Like they got a good, the D'Angelo Russell thing I thought was a good deal for them. They got rid of Russ in a first and they get, um, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Vanderbilt. Um, who else did they get in that? I don't even remember. They got but, uh, Beasley, Malik Beasley, yeah, Malik D'Angelo Beasley. Russell. Yep. Vanderbilt. Yep. And then they end up with uh, Mo Bamba now, which they got for Patrick Beverly, which I thought, you know, that's a that's a pretty good move. I, I like Mo Bamba. I think he's young and at least someone that, you know, when LeBron's gone and, you know, maybe AD's gone at that point, you at least have some guys that are young that you can, you know, work with and potentially be good. And um, who knows where they where they go from there. But I don't know. I thought those two were kind of the ones that stuck out to me of you know, obviously the Suns, I and mean, then I just thought the Lakers, whenever I saw them making a deal, I was like, I think they got the, the better end of the deal. I'm with you on, obviously, the Suns. That's obvious. Uh, Lakers, uh, I'm with you there, too. And I, I don't. I don't know if I'm there saying like, oh, they're going to they're going to go compete with the Suns and, and try no, and win yeah. the West. I, I don't think they're like that. Why I liked it was because you got rid of some guys that simply I wouldn't want in my locker room. Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook. Guys like that, that it was just time to move on. And as you read more and more stuff coming out, it appears Westbrook uh, and others weren't necessarily getting along. Uh, Westbrook and Ham definitely weren't getting along. Uh, Darvin Ham, who I feel horrible for, because that dude, oh my God. So hopefully now this roster will become a little bit more easily manageable uh, for Darvin Ham uh, and be able to do some of the stuff uh, that he wants to get done. But the video came out from Westbrook's last game with the Lakers. They're all dancing and going crazy before the start of the game. And Westbrook is standing behind them not doing anything with the team, still has his shirt on, and just kind of looking away from him with his back towards him. I mean, you can't have that type of stuff. You can't have Anthony Davis, when LeBron is going to to to, to have the biggest moment in NBA history, sit down and not care about it. Like, that can't be a thing either. I seriously thought when that happened, I saw that, I was like, he's getting traded. Like, either they told him he's getting traded and you aren't going to be here past this and he, uh, he's pouting because he's getting moved, 
or something was going on. Uh, but that was a horrible look uh, for Anthony Davis. And again, you've got to be a unit that is all pulling in the same direction. You can have the most talent in the world, but if everybody is playing individual roles and you're not a team, you're not going to go as far as you probably should go uh, at this point. So I, I like that. The other one that surprised me was I knew he was going to get traded. Um, and that's Pearl uh, from San Antonio. I knew that was going to happen. I don't think anybody saw Toronto. Uh, and they traded for him with the ex- uh, the expectation that they're going to sign him to a long-term deal. So, you know, you you put him now on that Toronto team. That Toronto team now all of a sudden becomes rather interesting uh, going into next year as far as what that Toronto team is going to look like uh, on paper. And all of a sudden, they're going to be, I think, a much better team with him manning that center position, Nathan. I actually... Interesting. Oh, never Toronto. got traded. Interesting. Interesting. You brought up uh, Toronto because I thought they were actually one of my losers of the deadline. Okay. I just think them and the Bulls are, and they're better than the Bulls. Like they have more young, like to me, young talent. I don't know. The Bulls have probably more top end talent, but like the the Raptors, I just I don't know. I look at them and I was like, if you could have gotten a ton for OG Ananobi, a good amount for Fred Van Vliet and whatever like i just don't really see why they and the bulls would want to like stick with what they've got and try to like you know again the raptors yeah they get yakapurto i think that's that's a good get but you're not winning anything you're not you're gonna be kind of stuck in the middle and just like all right we're pretty good and you know we can maybe make the second round once or twice in the next few years but like if that i mean i don't even know if they will but it's like i i just i don't know i i thought for sure they'd kind of start to at least see what they can get. You know, and I know they did see what they can get, but but really trade these pieces they have while they're young and have a lot of value. And I love OG Ananobi, but again, if if you're not in a position where you think you can really compete for a championship, which I don't think they can, I don't think they will anytime soon, honestly, because you've got Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs, who I think all for the next few years are going to be very, very good and tough to beat for any team. Um I don't know. I just think it's a position where like those kind of teams should be selling more and not trying to buy or not trying to stay put. Like you've got guys that have value. I'd be trying to get rid of them and try to load up for, you know, maybe a few years down the line when these teams do fall off, you could kind of take over. Um, Especially with, you know, again, the bulls they're, they're in just a position where it's like, I don't know, like you're not, you're, you're right in the middle of the pack. You've got talented players, but your defense isn't good. You don't really mesh well. And it's just like, eh. And like, if you could have traded Levine, I just, I don't know. A lot of stuff that I think they could have done too. So those were kind of my losers just in terms of not doing anything when I think they should have been trying to sell more in my opinion. It's interesting. I heard the Bulls GM coming in to do this podcast on the score in Chicago uh, press conference. He's talking about they're resigning. They're going to resign Vucevic. They're going to pay him. Um, they got 28 games left. He wants to see what this thing looks like uh, with 28 games to go. Uh, said he doesn't know if Ball's going to play the rest of the year. They'll have more on that after the trade deadline. Because you got to remember, they haven't had Lonzo Ball all year, so they haven't. They don't really know what the hell they have at this point because you really haven't seen these guys play together all year. So injuries have kind of screwed up everything that they were hoping to see and taking that next step this year. And I think. That's definitely part of it. I don't think there's any questioning Billy Donovan from that front office. I don't think Billy Donovan's in any jeopardy. Uh, with Toronto, hey, man, like Eric Name, when he was on, talks about that dude wants to win all of his trades. So if he wasn't going to, you know, get a haul for OG, he wasn't going to make a trade. 
Golden State, according to Shams, was involved. A couple other Western Conference teams were involved, going right up to the deadline, trying to get a deal done. I think Golden State was probably the most serious suitor. Uh, but having said that, they pivoted and ended up with Gary Payton Jr. That's how that ended up instead of OG. But don't be surprised, man, if this dude gets to the offseason and all of a sudden he's packaging a couple players and trying to go get him a star player from somewhere to kind of put on this thing. You know, remember, he went and got Kawhi Leonard uh, and rented him and he thought he was close and got him for one year and let's see what happens. I wouldn't put it past him to package a couple really good players to try and get a star player possibly, you know, next summer. Uh, and try and make that move again going forward. Now, who those two guys would be in that deal, I have no idea who he packaged. Would it be Siakam and OG and try and roll with Scotty Barnes and Pirtle and one other guy? I We'll see. Plus, he's going to have his draft picks. I believe he's got draft picks this year, right? So, I mean, from that standpoint, um, we'll see on Toronto. For me, Sacramento is a team that I thought needed a couple of different things. One, uh, they needed some type of rim protector. We've talked about that. Uh, on this show as Nathan follows the Kings like I do. Uh, so I thought they needed a, uh, somebody from that perspective. And I thought they could use a, a guard that could defend because again, you can talk about Mitchell and how much you may like him as a backup point guard. That dude is so small that that becomes a major problem uh, when he's on the floor in place of the Aaron Fox. So I thought they could have used a bigger, more defensive minded guard. Maybe they'll use the bio market to go get one of these guys. And Mobamba was a guy I thought would have made sense. Uh, behind some bonus on Sacramento. Them not really doing anything, per se. Kessler, whatever. Don't talk to me about Kessler. But for the most part, they didn't do anything uh, at the trade deadline, and they're a three-seed. And if you look behind them, they're not going to be the three-seed much longer because Dallas, you figure, is going to play better. You saw what uh, uh, Kyrie just did the other night. So they're going to move up. Phoenix is going to move up here in the next couple of weeks, more than likely. So they're going to go from having home court to probably having to be a road team right? And having to play yet either in Dallas or in Phoenix more than likely before this whole thing is said and done. And it's going to go from being a favorable thing for Sacramento uh, to being a first round exit probably for Sacramento just because of the trade deadline. Nathan. I do. I do wonder if maybe they were just like, you know, they have a nice young team. They don't want to, you know, give up any too much to, to for sure. That. But also it's like, they might've seen the, the Phoenix thing and they're like, we're not going to be able to compete with that no matter what move we make. Like we're just not, which is okay. And it's like, let's just wait it out, you know, keep this thing moving. And like, these guys are developing Keegan Murray is going to get better and blah, blah, blah. And just kind of like, wait. Um, so I understand, like, again, in that perspective, I get it a little bit instead of trying to like, kind of go again, to me, the Raptors kind of did that where they went like half in, like they didn't really go all like getting Jakob Pertle isn't changing everything or like changing a ton, but you're kind of like, we want to get a little bit better, but we're not going to be competing with the top teams and we're not getting, you know, worse. We're not getting any assets. It's like, we're kind of just getting a, a little bit better. I don't know. I, to me, that's kind of, again, a position I don't really want to be in. Like if the Raptors did want to go trade OG and Fred Van Vliet and get like a star next to Siakam. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense where you're like, we're going to compete. Or if you wanted to offload them for a bunch of picks and assets and whatever, again, that makes sense. If you want to extend this a little bit and, and push it down the line, either one. But again, to me, they kind of, went half in and I don't like doing that one thing I was gonna I forgot about the second poll that I had was um you mentioned buyout guys but favorite buyout candidate for the Bucks Will Barton John Wall Reggie Jackson or other I know Danny Green's another guy mentioned but um 44% say Reggie Jackson 27% Barton 18% John Wall and 11% other I'm not a huge Reggie Jackson I never have been um I just I just think ball handling we need we need another not need, but we could use another ball handler as a buyout guy. Like we have the roster spots now. I just think 
Reggie Jackson, someone who like has performed well in the playoffs. True. And again, for a buyout guy, like I, they're going to have weaknesses, obviously like they're not going to be a perfect player. And so it's like, you're basically just getting a, a, a guy that you can add to your team and he's a depth guy. And if you need him, you can put him in same with Will Barton. Like I know he's not that good, but he's just another nice guy to at least add to me. Yeah. I like John wall. If, if you learn those up, wall would probably would have been my pick first. And I don't need him to shoot. All I needed him to do is rebound the ball, get out and push it and play up tempo. That's all I want him to do. And I think even though he's older, he still plays well uh, in transition offense. And I think for this team, when you have Giannis running on the wing and so forth, that's really what this team could use uh, and have wall and holiday on the floor at the same time. I like that idea as well uh, with him being a little bit longer and can defend a little bit. Uh, so that, that would be my pick. But like you said, no reason to be upset and whoever they decide to get in here in a buyout because you're literally adding just bench depth at this point. If they end up having to play a ton of minutes, more than likely somebody got hurt. Um, and now you're in a tough predicament to begin with and expectations have completely changed. So yeah, John, I'll be that guy. What one last thing when I wrap it up, I'll go back to the trade deadline thing that we were just talking about winners and losers. Do you think that Mark Cuban does that Kyrie deal? If he knew Durant was going to Phoenix. Um, if, he got, if, if you told Cuban, you make this trade, KD's going to Phoenix, do you think he still makes that trade? Probably not. I don't think I don't so know. either. It's it's tough, but I, I would guess no. Because again, I think they, not that it didn't you know improve them, but I think it kind of, the West was kind of wide open. It again, was. And I'm not saying it can't still be. I'm not saying that, Phoenix is a lock. Like things could easily go south and whatever, you know, guys can get hurt, blah, blah, blah. But I do definitely think that, you know, part of that was, Hey, we have a chance here. You know, there's no clear number one clear, you know, there, there's some good teams, but I think if we can get Kyrie and Luca and those guys can play well together, like we can beat any of those teams. And all of a sudden you're like, can they beat KD and Booker and CP three and eight? And like, I, I don't know. I, I think it definitely changes things. I'm not, not hundred percent sure they wouldn't sure they wouldn't because I still think they wanted to try to go all in somehow, but um it definitely changes things hundred percent. I think it's a huge gut punch to Dallas last night. You yeah. have Kyrie, he plays well at his first game, and then middle of the night you find out that deal happened, you're like, Well, that takes care of that. I mean, yeah. we're done. I mean, you're not gonna have to face them in the first round more than likely. Uh, but you, you may win a round now, maybe you beat Sacramento or you get somebody else, and then after that it's probably more than likely over at that point. That's crazy how that whole thing played out because that triggered the Durant trade. They don't trade for Kyrie. Kyrie and Kevin are still in Brooklyn at that point because there's no way the Nets are trading Durant. And if the Durant trade doesn't happen, all hell doesn't break loose on draft day more than likely with everybody in the West trying to jockey for position and try and figure out what they're going to do going forward and Brooklyn having a fire sale. But yet they still have Ben Simmons. I, I don't care. I, if I was, I'm telling you, if I was Brooklyn, I just sent him home. We're good. You just, I, I don't want you around these new guys. We're good. Just go home. Like I seriously, I did the Bart Winkler show podcast earlier at like one 30. We're doing live streaming on uh, YouTube or whatever. And I said, then I'd give up a first round pick with John wall, just to get not with John wall, with Ben Simmons, just to get rid of Ben Simmons and his contract to somebody that was absorbing the contract. Be like, Hey, we're not going to be any good. We lost Durant. We lost Kyrie. We're going to fall in the standings. Like, here you go. You can have this, but you got to take Simmons on, whether that be Indiana, Detroit, whoever. You can have them. We're out. See you later. And just to get him off that team, I I, I think it's totally worth it. But obviously, uh, they're not going to do that. Nathan Marzian, follow him on Twitter. He is a fun one indeed. Follow him at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Uh, one last thing, do is Marquette bounce back uh, and get a win this weekend. 
they played Georgetown. If they don't win, Milwaukee we, played Green Bay and lost. I, I, I don't at this care. point, I don't nothing care. is assured. UWM is not Marquette. Marquette will beat Georgetown, and I hope they beat them by 15 plus. Because that was not good against UConn. But Marquette women got the upset on UConn, which was awesome. That's right. That's that was right. very cool. Big win. Yep. Very, very cool. All right. Have a good one. Have a good weekend, everyone. We'll do this again on Tuesday next time. Have a good one. Toodles.